Hi, welcome to the Top House Walkthrough Podcast. My name is Ben, co-founder of the Top House Real Estate app, where you can discover homes with short video walkthroughs by some of the top agents in your local neighborhood. Today, I'm joined by Amir Parsa, who is a mortgage broker, co-founder and partner of the North Power Mortgage Group, and he has been in the industry for 18 years. I'm excited to get his take on what's happening in the mortgage market and how that's impacting the real estate market. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Let's get started. What is going on in the market today? A lot, a lot. We've seen some uh, some changes in the in the, in the industry in terms of like rates. Rates have gone up significantly in the past uh, four, five, six months. I would say uh, we've seen uh, changes in terms of uh, qualifying individuals. So uh, we've seen a, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, I would say changes that uh, directly and indirectly have impacted some of our applicants. Are you finding a lot of difficulty in getting new clients approved, whether that's on the refi side or new purchasers? The biggest change that uh, I would say we've, we've, we've noticed is is what we call stress tests, right? Stress tests, because of rates changed, rates have gone up significantly compared to where we were last year this time, where I guess on average we were about 1.5% on the variable rates um, and using a basically a 4.79% uh, what we call a mortgage qualifying rate or stress test. That is, the, that is the biggest change I've seen that has put a little bit of pressure on, uh, on our applica- uh, applications. Uh, today, uh, we are using somewhere around 6 to six to 7% basically qualifying rate to, to uh, qualify our applicants, um, which has definitely put some pressure on what they can qualify for. At the peak of the market, you were qualifying clients at what percentage? Um, so mortgage qualifying rate or stress test uh, about a year ago, I would say was about 4.79%. They, uh, they increased that, uh, you know, late uh, 2021 to 5.25%. So regardless of what rate you were getting, uh, the qualifying rate policy says, whatever the contract rate is, you add 2% to it. If your qualifying rate is less than the benchmark, which is a 5.25, then you would use 5.25. If rate plus two percent is higher than the benchmark which what that's what we're dealing with today then you would use the higher rate uh rates gone up significantly we were at one and a half percent one and a half plus two percent was three and a half percent so we were using 4.79 or 5.25 to qualify them now because the rates are about four four and a half five percent when you add the two percent you're qualifying these applicants at about six to seven percent someone that was able to qualify at a million dollars today can only qualify for 800,000. Eight and change, I would say. Yes, yes, absolutely. We've obviously seen the market shift from the peak in terms of prices of one and a half million dollars, maybe in February of 2022, to today, it's just over a million dollars. Do you think the majority of that price change is because rates have gone up uh, and we've taken a lot of buyers out of the market? Or is it just fear that the market is going to crash? I, I would say it's a combination of both. Uh, obviously, when markets started going up in terms of rates, uh, that put pressure on uh, qualifying that, you know, if you're qualifying less, you know, obviously going to uh, purchase something that is worth less. Um, then obviously, uh, not fear of not, I, mean, I would say not knowing what will happen, right? So people are just waiting. There are individuals that are, they're either trying to time the market, they're trying to wait for the bottom, to buy, which it's it's almost impossible in the, uh, to time the market, 
And also we have like, you know, type of individuals, investors that are, are like completely outside of the market. They're waiting for, obviously, either they're looking at deals, are they looking at, you know, knowing that rates might change in the future, they're waiting for that. So yeah, that I think, I think combination of both. Why do you think it was such a surprise when interest rates started to go up? I don't think it was a surprise. It was a surprise how fast they went up. In a good economy, rates are going to be higher. We knew at some point Bank of Canada start, will start raising. We just didn't know how fast they're going to start, how fast they're going to raise, basically. And obviously, oil prices going up significantly, war in Europe, that put the pressure on Bank of Canada to basically start the fight and basically push the rates higher faster than what we were thinking. We were anticipating another probably somewhere up 0. 0.5 to 1% increase uh, by the end of this year. Uh, would that put more pressure on the market? I would say yes, yes. Yes, the cheapest rates are around somewhere uh, on, on the high ratio mortgages or insured mortgages, you're looking at somewhere around high threes uh, on, on an uninsured mortgages. You're looking at somewhere uh, in low to mid fours and five year fix, very similar high fours and low fives. Uh, so technically, if you look at it, they're almost double, maybe more. Yes. Have we started to see the impact of that in most Canadian homeowners uh, payments? Um, if you had a fixed rate a mortgage, fixed rate, any type of fixed rate, three years, two years, five years, no, because your rate is fixed, your product is a fixed product, you wouldn't see anything until your mortgage is up for maturity. Um, if you are, if you were in uh, some sort of a variable rate product, depending on type of the variable, there's a variable rate mortgages, and there's also what we call adjustable rate mortgages. Uh, if you're in adjustable, definitely you've seen the impact, you have seen, uh, uh, changes in your payments because they're adjustable based on uh, where the Bank of uh, Bank of Canada and also banks to adjust their basic rates. Um, and if you were in a variable rate mortgages, you haven't seen the impact yet, but you might see it in a, in a very uh, in in, a, in, a, in the next few months. By the way. I, on the broker channel, I would say most of the mortgages are adjustable mortgages. So whoever had an adjustable mortgage, who has an adjustable mortgage, they've seen the changes. Between the banks, most of the banks, I guess, uh, they don't have adjustable rates. What they do have is just what we call it, uh, variable rate mortgages. Uh, your payments haven't changed yet. The percentage, what has changed is the percentage worse, uh, that goes against your principal versus interest, which again, uh, there's an argument that on the next Bank of Canada increase, we might see uh, a massive increases into those payments. Once your mortgage hits a trigger rate, that means that you're actually not paying anything against your principal the bank has to increase your payments. So if you have a variable rate mortgage, you haven't seen the impact in terms of the payments actually changing. So a portion of the market has these adjustable mortgage rates and they've been impacted already. And a large portion of the market have fixed rates or they have to hit their triggers, which they haven't hit yet. Is there an argument that maybe the worst is yet to come? We've never seen anything like this. Most of these banks haven't seen any, any changes like this. They haven't hurt the trigger rate. So remember, uh, the prime rate also impacts your other type of lending. Lendings. There is uh, there is HELOCs out there, secure lines of credits. They've already adjusted. Based on the data came from CMHC, most of Canadians apparently own uh, their mortgages are fixed mortgages. So that's why, that's why government probably is not worried as much. Um, but at the end of the day, Definitely, we'll, we'll probably see, you know, uh, an impact in the near future, for sure, right? The only fire sales are the ones that they're end users. They had to, they bought 
and they have to sell. Hopefully, we might see some in some markets uh, the effect of the the fact that the break payments have gone up have put pressure on some people, right? Definitely, activities have dropped significantly, right? Number of activities have come down significantly. Some markets, 30, 40 percent. And we're, we're we've fallen into this weird supply demand dynamic that that is causing. Um, the prices to change quickly. We've definitely seen the, uh, seen uh, a more of an end user deal coming through the doors than in uh, basically uh, I would call it investor type of applicants. <laughs> forty five days was normal four days four years ago three years ago prior to pandemic, and I think we we're just basically going back to what we call a balanced market, which is a healthy market, right? So are you a bull or a bear today? I love Toronto's market, so I'm always pro real estate, but I would say when nobody's buying, it's a good time to buy. Why are you so bullish on the Toronto market? Fundamentals are here. Um, look at look at where we are. Uh, government has approved about three, 400,000 new immigrants. Big corporations are opening new shops here. Uh, people are coming out of that, uh, you know, the COVID lifestyle. Um, RBC this morning, I saw CEO of RBC saying that they want to see, he wants to see more employees coming back to the offices. What does that tell you? And I think Toronto needs uh, Toronto is it's it's it, it needs a lot more properties. So, well, in 2017, when they, when we implemented the mortgage qualifying rules yeah. uh, and started to stress test everybody, we took a lot of buyers out of the market. We said, okay, now you have to save more down payment. Now you have to earn more money before you can get back in the market. Effectively taking buyers out, and that slowed the market down on the demand side again. We've effectively done that here again, where rates have gone up and a lot of buyers have been pulled out. All of this is on the demand side. On the supply side, we need a million and a half new homes by, let's say, in 10 years. Yep. We're not building nearly as many. Toronto has had a fundamental and chronic supply issue. Do you believe in that? 100%. There is an argument that home prices have gone up simply because there's been cheap money and many others will say no there is truly a shortage on on housing in toronto which one do you think it is more of i think number one is a combination of both i guess i guess when things are cheap you would spend the money it's just a reality of uh, life right on the fundamental issue here is the supply demand the demand is there unfortunately the supply is not there and knowing what's happening today uh, in today's market with developers pushing back pro uh, projects and, uh, uh, you know, delaying some of the projects, this is just going to basically put more pressure on the demand side. In 2008, in 2017-18, we had the drop, we came back. We had the drop, we came back. If you had to bet, would you say we're going to have a quick rebound from where we are today? Or is it going to be sort of a longer, prolonged, stagnant growth? Um, I would say it will be a different increase. It won't be like double. We won't see like those massive increases year year over year. But we will see increases, which will be I would say healthy, normal normal increase in the real estate market, right? I remember when U.S. started to go through the housing crisis in 2008. There were product. There were 40-year more amortization products, uh, zero down, and Canada was starting to introduce some of these as well. And all of a sudden, we pulled back. From 2008 to fast forward to today, so much has changed in how we qualify someone for a mortgage. 
Talk to me about those changes and, and how that's impacted the market. Going back to 2005, four when I started until like right now, uh, when I looked it up, looked up the history, there's like 17 pages of changes that we've gone through. Yes, in 2006, seven, eight, we went from, we made it much easier for clients to buy. We went from 25 years amortization to up to 40 years amortization. Think about it, 40 years amortization. That will help you a lot when you're, when you're looking to qualify for bigger size mortgage, right? Or larger mortgages. Then obviously, uh, Canada saw what happened to U.S. They pulled back. They made some changes. Fast forward to uh, in recent years, 2015-16, where we saw major changes in our industry. Right? I think I think one of the biggest ones was like how we qualify clients. We called stress tests. Nobody knew what stress test was. We always had stress tests from the, at least the day that I started uh, back in 2004-5. We was we were always stress testing applications. It was just a type of the application was going through a stress test. The, the, the way that we were stress testing, we were, it was different. But in 2015, what called Bill, uh, Bill uh, B20 was introduced, um, we saw major changes. Uh, and, and the biggest one was the way that we stress test everything. Pretty much every mortgage application had to go through a new stress test. Who do you think has been impacted the most by the recent changes? I would say, and I've been saying this for a long time, first-time homebuyers, first-time homebuyers, individuals that uh, they were borderline approved, now all of a sudden they're completely out of market applications. My understanding is we also changed the amortization. If you're putting less than 20% down, you know you can no longer get 30-year amortization. Now it's 25, and that makes it even harder for first-time Absolutely, homebuyers. absolutely. For applications that, uh, as you mentioned, if you're purchasing a property, we call it high-ratio, basically, mortgages. If you're purchasing a property under a million bucks, and you know, putting less than 20%, um, you are capped at 25 years amortization. The five years, you'll be surprised. That five years will help a lot of people to basically pass a hump, basically, and be approved. It's a matter of getting approved or getting the client. Um, I think, I think uh, again, uh, reading the uh, basically uh, news coming out of uh, you know OSFIs and you know regulators, they are looking into changing some of the policies that were created back in 2016. But knowing how they are might take longer. Um, until then, we have to unfortunately use the same policy to qualify, which you know unfortunately put pressure on you know your first-time home buyers, your people that they're new in the business, they're newcomers, they're the one that they're filling it for sure. Right. Because we implemented these rules, it effectively built a little bit of resilience in the market. Do you think we're going to see delinquencies and 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 power of sales go up? in the next year or two, perhaps because a lot of people didn't anticipate this this huge rise in mortgage payments? I think delinquency goes back to, again, which markets are we talking about, right? Uh, type of the individuals, right? Type of the clients. Um, are we seeing a lot of uh, lot of applications, uh, you know, a lot of, lot, of, lot of clients saying we can't pay the mortgage uh, mortgages? No, I think Canadians are really good at uh, paying the bills when it comes to specifically their, their mortgages, right? Uh, in U.S., things are different, uh, especially back in 2008. You could have walked away from your house without damaging your credit history and anything. Here, I think the last thing that we will walk away it will be our homes, right? right. So I don't necessarily say, well, I think you're right. The call, I think in, in, in what we call, it, is this a crash or soft landing? The reason there might be a soft landing is because we use all these measures to qualify people the past few years. Right. Which markets do you think are 
the most risky today? You go, there's a philosophy. Closer to City Hall in Toronto, the market, it's, it's, it's very resilient and nothing changes, right? But outside, I mean, if you go outside uh, uh, smaller towns, outside of GTA 905s and 705s that, you know, people have been talking about, we see a lot, lot. They go up a lot. They come also down a lot. Um, so, uh, again, GTA, pretty, pretty solid market at the end of the day. Um, but, but I would say outside of the major urban cities, that's where I'm, I'm, I'm worried about. I see a lot of it. Like people paid uh, millions of dollars for homes that I thought I don't think they're worth more than millions of dollars, to be honest with you. So it all depends on, again, markets. But uh, my market, I haven't seen anything like that. I haven't seen property values are dropping significantly. Activities have dropped significantly, but the property values haven't dropped significantly. Right. There's a sort of conventional belief that home prices will double every 10 years. In the last three years, we've had prices double. Yes. In most of GTA market. Now we're in this higher rate environment, less easy money. Are we in an environment where we're going to continue to see that doubling every 10 years? Or is it totally different? I think we'll be in a different environment. So depending on where you are, I think the answer could be different. Mortgage rates will put pressure on, 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 on prices, I think. Are we going to see doubling up? Probably not. Are we going to see a moderate increase in 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 uh, property values? Uh, I would say yes, just because the supply demand issue that we have in Ontario, and I I don't think this is something that we can change it overnight. Right. Uh, if you're uh, part of the younger generation is buying your first home, you might think differently because you got used to seeing one percent, two percent rates. Um, I think rates are going to stay uh, where we. Probably, you know, in mid three, high threes to fives for, you know, foreseeable future. Talk to me about some of the mistakes home buyers are making in preparing for getting a mortgage. Uh, the uh, number one thing that I see is uh, they don't they don't pre-qualify themselves. They don't talk to professionals in the business. It's either mortgage broker, financial advisor, bank. Uh, in, uh, you know, mortgage uh, basically advisors that they work for banks. The first thing that you do, you need to talk to us. We need to run the numbers for you. We are in an environment that, honestly, on a different day, we might give you a different answer. Now, I'm not saying on a daily basis, but somebody was pre-qualified six months ago for a certain amount of, uh, basically, certain amount. They may not qualify for the same amount right now because of the way that mortgage industry is moving, right? Sure. Uh, a good real estate agent, and I work with many of them, uh, they tend to have their clients contacting us first, specifically on, on you know, first time homebuyers, people that they've never done this. They want us to, you know, run the numbers. They want us to make sure that, you know, they understand what they're doing and, you know, uh, tell them how much they're qualified for. So that is the biggest thing. Like they're not preparing themselves for, uh, for the basically, uh, biggest investment of their lives, basically. One of the biggest issues that we have, we've seen in recent months and years, is people cannot prove the source of their down payment. Uh, we deal. We're we're you're in Canada. A lot of a lot of us will. Uh, we have uh, migrated here. We are immigrants, right? If money is coming from your back home, you have to be able to prove it. This has been a big problem. Right? We always tell clients, when you're buying a property, do not add any sort of extra debt. While we are working on your applications, you all of a sudden you have a massive lease payments 
massive loan payments. I tell people, please do not. You want to do anything? Do it after you purchase your property, right? That that could that could basically jeopardize your application. Any sort of debt payments could jeopardize your application. Often they forget about some of the debt that they have. Hence why when we do a pre-approval, we want to see everything up front. You know, if we see a red flag, we prepare them for basically a future purchase, right? We tell them, hey, you know what? Yes, you have a couple of loans around. Maybe you can consolidate these loans, right? Bring the payments, re-amortize your loan. Smaller payments will help you to qualify for bigger, basically, mortgages. Right. So if I want to talk about like scenarios, there's tons, there's tons, right. unfortunately. So obviously, you work with a lot of real estate agents as your referral partner. What recommendations would you have for them to help them be more successful in getting deals done? If you talk to a very successful real estate agent, they have a team of people around themselves. Uh, and, and usually a mortgage a professional is one of the top guys and part of the team. My, uh, my basically, you know, only suggestion is get your clients in front of a uh, mortgage professional right away. What do you think? I want to see your documentation. I want to see, often we see, you know, clients telling you they make $100,000 a year. When you look at the actual application, actual documentation, we only see $75,000 income, right? And it's a really good point you raised with regards to the income and checking it because uh, now the government, the banks want to see all the notice of assessments and, and the T1s. Um, someone might think they're making X amount, but with deductions, and maybe they're self-employed with deductions and, and, um, and maybe their dividends and they're not consistent. And then all of a sudden the bank doesn't qualify or count that as income, um, consistent income, and you just don't qualify. But that, that hey, you you actually uh, one of the biggest problems that we have is is you know uh, it's an income part of it, right? There are individuals that they 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 do earn money. It's just when it comes to taxation, they don't show the real numbers on their basically personal taxes, right? It's not just uh, the the your income and your application. Well, at the end of the day, also what matters is the property. So yes. maybe there's high maintenance fees. Maybe it doesn't appraise. I, I, when I advise my clients, I'm like, listen, when look at your papers, look at your scenario, you are fully qualified. However, one thing that we don't have is the security, is the actual collateral, is the property. That what if the property is not appraised? What if what if what if the type of the property? What if the property is too small? Often we see in this day and age that builders are building properties that are under 400 square foot. A lot of lenders won't even touch those sort of like type of properties. So it's not like just because you're not you're not qualified. No, you're qualified. The type of the property doesn't fit the guidelines, right? So it's extremely important to know what we are dealing with. That's why when I'm talking to clients, I ask them, what type of property are you looking for? Have you seen anything that you like? Send me some scenarios. Send me some properties, and I'll basically model the application based on that. The government recently introduced uh, a program, CMHC, where they will invest with first-time home buyers in their equity. Have you done any mortgages with them? None, zero. It, to, be all, to be honest with you, based on what I'm reading, talking to uh, folks in the business, 
no one liked it. We spent a lot of taxpayer dollars and ultimately for something that isn't really the, being used. Yeah, the, the, the program was designed for small town, I, I, to be honest with you, because of the way that it was, you know, the way that they were qualifying individuals, the way that they were running the numbers. In city, big cities like Toronto, Vancouver, uh, when you're when your property, value, and I know they took this around a couple of times, they increased the, uh, you know, a threshold, the down payment, stuff like that, but still wasn't good enough because properties were too expensive for that program, basically. Uh, knowing that rates are probably going to stay high for at least next few years, uh, in order to help at least the first-time home buyers, I believe we need to extend the amortization on those type of applications. I'm not saying extend the amortization on, on what we call uninsured deals, uh, but I, I think one of the ways that we could do this is to extend the amortization on, on what we call high-ratio mortgages. Uh, primarily first-time homebuyers that they are the one that they put less than 20%. Or or what we can do is revisit the uh, stress test. That's fantastic, Amir. Thank you so much for doing this, and uh, I look forward to doing it again. Once again, Amir Parsa from North Power Mortgages. Thank you, Ben. Uh, much appreciate that. Uh, go Top House. Thank you.